All right, round four is here. It's almost the weekend, and there is lots to drop up on NBL now. DJ was back on the decks last night in Adelaide. It didn't help them all that much. So where to now for the 36ers? We'll get into that. The breakers are back. Jesse Wagstaff, he just keeps racking up the milestones. And then can the Hawks do anything, and I mean anything, against Melbourne United? Let's get into it. Yes, it's Friday. Round four is on the stove in the Hungry Jacks NBL. It's just starting to heat up. It's not simmering. It's not quite boiling yet, but it could be in no time at all. Joel Peterson and Liam Santa Maria with you. Liam, good morning. Happy Friday. Morning, Joel. Yeah, no, uh, happy Friday to you. It's almost the weekend, but we're well and truly, as you say, into round four. And um, we've got things uh, up and going last night in Adelaide. Absolutely. These these rounds, there's so much news during the week. They they seem to just roll on through from, from Sunday to Thursday. Uh, we did get things under, underway last night in Adelaide. So the 36ers taking on the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Dejan Vasiljevic came back for the Sixers. They started strong, but unfortunately for Adelaide, it just turned into the same old show in the second half, particularly. It, it was a good win for Southeast Melbourne. In my book, though, this was more about Adelaide. How did you read last night's game? Oh, yeah, look, it was a regulation win for Southeast Melbourne, really, wasn't it? It was just about immersing uh, Alan Williams back into the mix, and he was really good. 15 points, 13 rebounds in 22 minutes, um, and he just looked like his old self straight away. And really, I felt like they were going to win the whole game, you know? So it was, it, was a, they got, it was a regulation win, and they got the job done. For Adelaide... Um, it was a topsy-turvy affair, wasn't it? Jeez, they looked good early. Dion Vasiljevic was knocking down shots and, you know, everyone was getting excited about, about him coming into the mix and then everything dried up from there. Now, of course, defensively, they were never really at the level. You know, 30 seconds into the game, they give up a fast-break layup off a made free throw and that was kind of illustrative of all of their kind of defensive struggles throughout the game. And um, so... It it didn't surprise me that they were that there were good signs for Adelaide, but then there were also some struggles and the process of bringing DJ into their team and making it work for everybody. I think is they need to expedite because they need that to happen very quickly. And on the offensive end, too, Liam. I mean, the third quarter it was one pass ball stops. Uh, it, yeah. it, there was some concerns there at that end of the floor as well. Yeah, and and look, they needed offensive punch. So bringing a guy who can knock down shots in really helps, no doubt about it. The thing is, he's not a playmaker or a creator for others. So they need to find the balance between DJ's offense and making sure that that helps the team's production overall. You look at a guy like Isaiah Comfries last night, I mean, he had two points on on one shot. Uh, He's got to be way more involved. So... They need to try to find that balance between McCarron and Kadi and Trey Kell kind of creating, DJ catching and shooting and knocking shots down, and the big guys inside Humphreys and Wiley getting plenty of looks. And for me, that starts with getting stops because then you can run and everybody can have some fun in transition. Uh, so the two big names returned in, in DJ and Alan Williams. Um, your thoughts on, on their games? We'll start with Vasiljevic. I thought they both looked pretty sharp. You know, DJ was hot early and he had those 14 points in the first quarter and a half. You know, got dry from then on. He ended up with 17 points, but on 17 shots. And as I say, didn't really kind of make any of his teammates better in the process. But hey, first hit out straight off the practice floor and that's going to get better. And Sauce, as I said, was excellent. 
And, you know, they are just quietly coming along nicely, the Southeast Melbourne Feast. They've got that big four in the three imports in Mitch Creek, and they're all rolling, and everybody else is starting to find their spots. Big Sauce might have a bit of a point to prove after all the Tyler Cook's chat as well. Um, and, and to close that one out, CJ Bruton, after the game, said, righto, he's here now in, in Vasilievich. It's time to move on. Do you reckon we can close the book on this? Uh, yeah, until the 36ers play the Kings. <laughs> then we'll fire it back up again. But yeah, I think the war of words between Chris Pongrass and, hey, look, Andrew Bogut has got involved a little bit, Vasilievich. Now CJ Bruton's chimed in. I think that's probably the end of that. Now it's about the basketball until those two teams match up. The, the book's closed. There might still be a few blank pages at the end that can be filled in uh, along the way. Uh, so tonight, it's Illawarra and Melbourne United. So just the one game for your Friday night hoops this evening. And, and, and the Hawks, I mean, under fire after last week, they were discombobulated. They looked disinterested on defence. And they only have to walk into the ladder leaders at home. Can they do anything about Melbourne United tonight? Uh, yeah, they can. You know, they've got to come in and be really competitive and, and defend at a high level. That's what they've got to do. Now, they're coming up, as you say, against the top team who are really highly confident and are so connected in what they're doing defensively that that's going to be tough. But the Hawks need to take some steps here at the defensive end themselves. They've given up 96, 106, 103 and 89 in their four games so far. And in that 89, they gave up 35 in the fourth quarter to Adelaide last week. So they're not defending the three-point line. They're giving up the most amount of three-point makes at the highest percentage. And they've got to do that, all of that at a higher level tonight. And you have to do that against Melbourne United. Otherwise, they will bog you down in the half court. So that's the challenge. And I'm looking at their big four. I'm looking at Tyler Harvey, Justin Robinson, Gary Clark, Sam Froling, all those guys playing 25 or more minutes per game. They have to lead the way and set the tone for this team. Yeah, they've got to, they've got to build around those four. Um, you call me crazy here, Liam, but is this a little bit of a trap game for Melbourne United? So for first first of a weekend doubleheader away, having won a couple in a row, they've got a really good side on Sunday in New Zealand, and they're coming up against a team that, in theory, should be pretty fired up to beat them. Is there an element of maybe a little bit of a trap door here for United? Uh, I, I can see what you're talking about. The thing is, I think every game is a trap game in the NBL if you're not careful. If you roll in half-assed, you're going to get that half-and-ass whooped in, the, in this league. So uh, Melbourne need to come into this game against the Hawks, focus and ready to get the job done. I like it. I like it. It wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time one of my series has been a little bit off the mark, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go tonight. Um, so two games both days of the weekend. Southeast Melbourne and Brisbane kick things off tomorrow. Hopefully we see Josh Bannon in that game as well. He's on the comeback trail for the for the Bullets. That'd be nice to see. And then Adelaide and Perth is the really intriguing one here. Um, yeah, I think you're heading across to the City of Churches on Saturday night for this one. Are, are you worried about the Wildcats from what you've seen so far? Uh, they've got some things to work on for sure. I think all the doom and gloom about Perth this week is maybe a little overblown. I mean, they lost to Sydney and Melbourne last weekend. And I, I, look, there's no shame in that. They are not as good as those two teams. The reality is, I don't know, maybe the Jack Jumpers are the only team that could lay claim to being at that kind of level right now. 
So, you know, that's they're the sort of barometers of the league. And yes, it did show that they are off that mark. But it, I don't think everyone, I mean, everyone's gone a bit crazy this week, especially the Red Army, and they're really throwing John Rilly around. They've got some things to work on. They really need to make use of Bryce Cotton better. You know, they've got to get everybody on the same page of knowing that Bryce is the man on that team. Jordan Usher needs to know that. Keanu Pinder, Ty Webster, all these guys need to know that for sure. Um, and then they can start to, I think, take some strides. And it's because they've got to be led by one of the greatest to ever do it. It's it's a it's a fascinating situation they find themselves in, but they do need to they they need to bounce back. They get a good chance to do it, and, and they might have a little bit of inspiration because Jesse Wagstaff, four hundred and fifty games now. We know his resume. He's been the heart and soul of this franchise for so many years. He just keeps he just keeps racking them up, and his longevity has been something to behold. Yeah, they should have some inspiration. I mean, this is a game to get up and about and get the job done for Jesse um, because. Is an absolute legend, not just of that club, although he is a legend of that club in a very, very big way. His jersey's going to hang in the rafters. He's played 450 games just for that one club, and he's won six championships along the way. But he's a legend of this league as well. You know, I mean, if he wins a seventh here before he hangs him up, he'll be the only player in NBL history to win seven championships as a player alone. So when you think about the fact that he's joining a club that only has 29 other people in it all time of having played 450 NBL games. And the fact he's done that with one organization, out-and-out champion, legend of the league, and combine all of that with the fact that he's such a great bloke as well. Everyone around the league highly respects him. Uh, Big shout-out to Jesse, and hopefully for him and for the Wildcats' sake, everybody can get up and about and they can get W. He's been a fan favourite for a long time. It's uh, it's a pretty extraordinary effort. Um, Sunday, it's a, it's a blockbuster Sunday. Uh, this Sunday slate of games is so tasty. Uh, we kick it off with Melbourne and New Zealand. We'll both be there at John Kane Arena for the call. How do you think the breakers will look coming back from the States? I think that's the big question in this one. Uh, tired. I think they'll look a little tired. That's a, you know, it's been a hectic trip for them. Um, the head over, played two games in pretty quick succession, then the trip back. Teams usually find that difficult. Um, that said, man, I really like the look of this Breakers team. I mean, people will see the scoreline of that loss to Utah and they lost by 20 points and they'll go, oh, well, they got whacked. They were really good in that game. Now, rough first quarter, but they played Utah even across the last three quarters and that's not easy to do. So um, you Parker Jackson, Cartwright, Zylan, Cheetah, Will McDowell, White, and Manas Ribstavichus is back and ready to go. Lots of talent on this team, very well coached. And just quietly, I think Anthony Lamb's going to come in and kick butt in this league. You know, this is a guy that really was getting some things done in the NBA for the Warriors last season. Had a 23-point night last year. Had a whole bunch of games in double figures and contributes in a variety of ways. I think he's going to be really good for the Breakers and we're going to start to get a bit more of a look at that this weekend. He's a handy addition to throw into the mix. They're one and one after their first couple of weeks in the season. They haven't played in in quite a while, and they've got a slate of a really tough slate coming up to make up on those games. And then Sunday, the late game at Sydney and Tassie, two of the really big contenders. Sydney have maybe surprised a few with how well they're going. Tassie are right at the pointy end of things. A game so early in the season between two sides like this, Liam, is it too early to sort of take some longer term learnings out of it? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, these are two teams who have pretty quickly established who they are, and, and I don't think that's going to change a lot. You know, we've seen what Sydney are doing defensively with, you know, all of their switching. We see what they're doing offensively with their relentless attack on the ring and, and pitching out for three-point looks. And, of course, we know who Tassie is under Scott Roth. So highly accountable defensively, getting up, putting pressure on the ball, and then really executing at the offensive end. So um, it's going to be fun to watch them go at it because for me, you know, this is a this is a playoff preview. I mean, we both we know these two teams are going to be involved at the pointy end of proceedings. So to get a matchup like this in October is fun, and you know, and I think we can gleam some things with how it plays out. So we chuck all of that into the pot and we've got ourselves a feast across the course of, uh, of the weekend. Uh, Liam, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Adelaide tomorrow night and I'll see you Sunday at John Cone Arena. Cheers, Job. See you then.